And a good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to this edition of Healthy Matters. It's an open line show today. Good morning to you, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Denny. Did you have a good week? A busy one again. Uh, every week, it seems, for, for uh, you and your colleagues at the hospital, a busy, busy week. Indeed, indeed. Um, for me personally, I took uh, the weekend off, which was nice. So I've been home enjoying the beautiful spring weather. And then I, I got the fl- the gardens all re-landscaped, so I'm happy about the rain. But in the hospital, what seems so such a, well, a paradox, if you will, is that we're as busy as ever. Uh, things lag in the hospitals, what people are seeing in their communities. And as people are getting ready to go out and kind of resumes at least some aspects of their of their public lives, we're we're just getting busier. In fact, the last 24 hours, there's more people in intensive care units in Minnesota than there have been yet. Um, and so we're we're watching this whole thing really carefully. And uh, I do want to tell listeners that I was going to have a guest today, uh, a colleague and a friend of mine who happens to be a doctor, but he also happens to be a Minnesota state senator. So Dr. Matt Klein has been a physician at Hennepin um, for at least five, six, seven, maybe eight years. And he works in the hospital alongside with me. And he is a state senator from uh, West St. Paul, Mendota Heights, uh, South St. Paul area. And he uh, is in the session, however. We scheduled it many weeks ago, and he thought it would be a good time to have the senator on and talk about what's going on in the Minnesota legislature as the session runs out. Well, as most Minnesotans know who are following these things, the, the Minnesota legislature must recess or must adjourn, I should say, by tomorrow. And so I think he was up till 2, 3, 4 in the morning. And so we made the decision last night that he probably would – he needs to focus on the business of being a senator today, and we're going to have him on, I hope, next week. We'll, we'll look into that, and then he can give a recap of what it's like to be a Minnesota senator as well as a doctor. Um, he's in a unique position, and so I'm, I, I look forward to having Senator Klein on. But uh, for those of you who are looking for him this morning, we thought, uh, we thought it better that he maybe get some sleep. <laughs> Make, makes sense. Uh, so this is an open line show, and if you're new to the show, thanks, first of all, for joining us. But an open line show means we're uh, taking your general health questions. We're not going to focus on any particular topic. I would assume, Doctor, that we'll still be getting a lot of COVID-19 questions. But let's open up the phone lines and text line to uh, any general health question. There's a lot of other things going on as well in uh, in people's lives. The phone number and the text number is the same, 651 989 9226. So if you want to call in your question to Dr. Hilden, or if it's easier, send us a text. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. How are the cases that you've seen? I know you've had a couple days off, but uh, during this past week of what you've heard about those cases of the virus coming into uh, Hennepin. Yes, um, uh, the cases in Minnesota, if you look at a graph of who's getting this thing, it's all age groups that are adults. And so there's there are some children, but not very many. But you get to the ages in your 20s, and it's very high. Um, and in 30s, and it's very high. In 40s, very high. In 50s, very high. So all adult ages are getting this thing. Um, if And the, the difference, though, is that the ones who are succumbing to it are older or have, or have general health problems. So we are learning so much about this thing 
that uh, almost a day doesn't go by when my colleagues and I aren't talking um, or texting um, or standing in the hallways of the hospital with our gear on to talk about some new thing we're learning. It's interesting because COVID is a respiratory illness. It um, Primarily, it causes an, an acute lung failure, for lack of a, a better word. It's, it's a condition called a, a, a acute respiratory distress syndrome. But what it is is your lungs get so inflamed and filled with fluids that you can't get oxygen into your bloodstream. But it's also causing some other problems. Uh, it's causing strokes in young people. Not at a high rate, but we're getting people in their 20s and 30s that have strokes, which is ex- extremely rare. So there's something about blood clotting that seems to happen. People who are on kidney machines, their blood is clotting up in the kidney machine, the dialysis machine, suggesting that that COVID causes another type of blood clotting problem. And then there's this scary thing, but fortunately not common, but really frightening for parents is that young children um, are getting this inflammatory blood vessel problem. We haven't seen any of that, at least I haven't in our hospital. But that is this other thing. So this, this disease is has all these widespread manifestations that we're learning about every single day. I think this is going to be one for the medical textbooks for decades to come. It really is. Uh, On a personal level, on a personal level, it's taking a toll now. Since we're we're not in a New York situation where all the cases came at once and we had all this awful outcomes, Minnesota did it right. We had slower rise of cases. And so we were ready to go. But what that is doing is that it's sort of weighing on the nerves of the hospital staff. That's the thing I'm really starting to notice. And I think long-term, the mental health of our community and the mental health of our hospital staff is starting to worry me. I I walked out of the hospital with a close colleague of mine, a woman that I've been a physician with for some time, and she, she is a bubbly person, a positive outlook person, somebody you just want for your doctor. And we walked out of the hospital together, and she said, yeah, I had to, I had to tell another family that their, their mother died. And, and she was so, dis, um, it, it was just, you could tell it was just straining her. And so I, this is still a real thing in the hospital, and even as we get ready to open up our economies again, which is going to be a promising thing for many people's uh, well-being. It's still really a very serious thing. And then lastly, and then we can get to some listener things, uh, the thing that most of my healthcare colleagues are getting weary of is not necessarily the patient care. They're used to that. They're used to people being ill. What they're getting weary of is people talking about conspiracies and talking about hoaxes and talking about how this isn't a really big deal. That is just false. This is really a big deal. Um, even if it hasn't hit somebody in their home, wherever you're listening from, it is a big deal. Um, and if it's your family member that's being affected, it's a very big deal. So they're getting weary of having to keep keep telling people you need to take this seriously that's the biggest thing that's wearing on our our, our healthcare workers but that being the case we are going to start getting back out into our communities and so there's at least a little glimmer of hope i think a little bit i know we have to take a, a quick break here we have uh, callers on the line so please hang on and if you uh, and we are getting text messages as well dr hilden so 651-989-9226 that's the phone number that's the text number so send them and don't wait. We always tend to run out of time before we can answer all the questions. So the earlier, the better that you will get in touch with us. 651 989 
We're going to get up around 57 degrees, but it looks like a rain all day, pretty much of the night as well, maybe uh, one to two inches. In fact, in some parts of the Twin Cities, we've already got close to two inches already. Right now in the Twin Cities, 49 degrees. Stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. This is an open line show this morning. That means your general health questions for Dr. David Hilden, 651-989-9226. I see one line is open if you'd like to uh, fill it. Or uh, on the other hand, if you want to send a text, do that too, 651-989-9226. We do have a bunch of callers, Dr. Hilden, and text uh, texters as well. Let's uh, see if we can't get uh, to them. Maddie, I believe, is first up here in uh, Coon Rapids. Maddie, you're on with Dr. Hilden. Uh, thank you for taking my call, Doctor. Um, I have two questions, please. Could you please repeat again how long the coronavirus stays on the following materials and slowly so I can write it down? And I want to know about paper, cardboard, clothing, metal, light switches, vinyl flooring, carpeting, and any other. And the second question is, if you go to the doctor or dentist or store, should you come home and take all your clothing off and wash it right away or just put it in the wash? Hi, Maddie. Thank you for your questions. I'll do my best on telling you how long the virus lasts on surfaces, but you should know that we're not sure um, because it's so new that we're, we haven't done a lot of controlled tests to see. But we can do the best we uh, the best educated um, uh, assessment of what we think. First of all, in the air, the virus um, mostly travels in the droplets that come out of your mouth and fall to the ground within a few feet of your body. That's how it mostly goes. So that's why the six feet distancing we keep hearing about. There is some new evidence that some very small viral particles can last in just the mist in the air, not the big droplets. And so it is possible that the drop that the virus is just hanging in the air for several minutes. That would be a little bit more concerning if that were to be true. So then let's talk about surfaces. Since it comes out in the droplets from people's mouths and falls to the floor and falls to the countertops and surfaces, it is probably all over the place on surfaces. It is largely thought that the virus lives longer on hard, non-porous surfaces like metal or plastic, things like that. You, must, you should probably assume that any metal or hard surfaces you are touching, the virus is on there because it can be there for many, many hours, maybe even longer than a day. So I would assume a day. Um, on hard surfaces. We really don't know on paper and cardboard, but you might assume it's been there for a few hours, but probably not much longer. Um, uh, and then because it's more porous. And then there are surfaces like your hands, which it probably does not live all that long. So um, maybe, maybe only uh, uh, less than an hour or just an hour or two. So the hard surface is the longest porous surfaces less and your hands even less. The floor, it's probably on there for many hours, but you're not likely to get it from the floor. You asked about vinyl flooring. So those are all just educated um, uh, guesses, if you will. We don't really know. I should always tell people when I'm telling you stuff that I don't have scientific facts for, and we don't have scientific facts for how long it lasts. 
So those are just educated guesses. As for should you take off your clothes, I think you should just take some basic common sense approaches, but you don't have to probably do what like healthcare workers do. I'll tell you what I do. I come home from work and I do indeed take off all my clothes at the door. Um, uh, literally at the door of my house, sometimes outside the house, but usually just right inside the door. They all go in the wash immediately, and I shower immediately. But that's because I'm in an, an environment that where it's um, where I'm around people that are known positive. For you, what I would do is when you go out, I would come home and immediately wash your hands and wash all exposed skin. I would not. I would probably change out of my clothes that you wore outside. I would change into some clothes that you just keep in the house. And then I would do your laundry in a normal fashion. I don't think you have to race off to wash every piece of clothes that was outside. I would put all your clothes in your hamper, and I would do your laundry as per usual. Um, I don't think you have to wash your shoes, but I would keep them in the front hall or by the door. So I would, that those are just some suggestions. I don't know if they're very helpful, <laughs> but I think um, washing your skin when you come home and doing your and putting on a clean set of clothes does sound reasonable to me. Very good, thanks, Maddie. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's see who's been waiting. Bill is uh, waiting there in Cushing, I believe, with a question. Thanks, Bill. What is your question for the doctor? Well, yeah, it's a comment more than a question, but I, I've said this before. Inactivity probably creates more problems. We've got people sitting at home focusing on their problems, and uh, it's the same way with people retiring young, and pretty soon they got aches and pains, and they don't get out, and they sit out in the chair. I'm 84 years old, and i got 100 and some head of cattle. I'm waiting to get out there and feed them. I do chin-ups every morning. I got 100 emails on my website, and uh, I'm alone doing it. i got 42 calves already. But I've said this for years, and you go, you sit, you retire at 60 and live to be 90. What are you going to do for 30 years besides boredom and fight with your wife when you're, she gets tired <laughs> of having you around? Uh, All right, Bill. Bill, Bill is, uh, well, there's a point there, being uh, very active. Uh, right, Doctor? That's well, I, good for everybody. I think, I, rem- <laughs> I think I've talked to you before, Bill. I think maybe you've called in because you're the guy who goes out bright and early, and you've got 40 cabs out there, which are, for some reason always makes my day to hear that the, about farmers and 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 the work you're doing first of all what you're doing is so critical to our society so it's just a big thank you to farmers but secondly secondly i 100 percent agree with bill's comment which kind of makes it weird around the time of this covid thing when what we know is to be a good thing is to stay active can be harder when we're asking everybody to stay home so it is sort of a uh um, speaking out of both sides of our mouth but it's true um, Bill's 84. He's out there doing chin-ups. He's out there. He's got 100 head of cattle. I, we should all be doing that if possible. Now, I don't mean doing his exact activities, but to the degree you can be active in your life is really important. Uh, there is some uh, scientific evidence um, out there that suggests that lack of um, something meaningful to do in your life can lead to a shorter lifespan. Now, this is not hard science, but it is possible that um, social isolation and lack of activity is detrimental to your long-term health. 
That's why during this time, when we're specifically telling people to be socially isolated, we have to find ways to still be active and still remain connected because what we're doing now isn't going to last forever. There is hope. It's going to be okay that right now it's everybody's isolated. So it is, I agree with Bill, more activity, the better. Absolutely. I know we have to break here in about a minute or so, but there's a texter sent this in. It says it drives them crazy, and maybe we can count, you can comment before we take this break. What do you say to people who say the virus is no worse than the flu season? We hear that we have heard that since day one, haven't we? Yeah, that's just factually wrong. Um, and so, if people are telling you that, that's just not accurate. Um, COVID is probably going to be in the top three causes of death in the United States in 2020. More people are dying, or roughly the same as are dying of cancer right now. So that is not the case for flu. Nothing like this is like the flu. So that's just factually inaccurate. When there is scientific evidence, I will say that, and this is not the flu. It's much worse. All right. I know we have another half hour of the show to go, so if you didn't get in to get your questions answered, we have texters we're going to help out as well. But those folks uh, on the telephone line, stay there. We, uh, We have more time to answer your questions right after this break. We'll also have a look at the forecast. But here's our phone number. If you want to call in your question, it's an open line show today, or send a text, same number applies. That's 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226 for your calls and your text messages. Again, it's an open line show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today. That means you can ask your general health questions with Dr. David Hilden. Uh, at uh, 651-989-9226. That's for both calls and text questions for the doctor. And Dr. Hillen, we do have callers and texters, a bunch of them. So let's uh, let's get back to them. Uh, Sharon, I believe, is calling in uh, from Hutchinson. Sharon, thanks for waiting. What is your question? Yes. Um, my, I heard somebody that I thought uh, had credibility say that the cloth masks you know, basically are useless, and um, and then I heard Jan Malcolm say that they want you to wear cloth masks now. So I would like to know the truth on that. I'll hang up. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Great. It's a great question, Sharon, because um, you see hospital workers don't, you know, when we're with patients, we're not wearing the cloth masks. So, you know, we're wearing a, a, a medical-grade mask. So, so you wonder, does it do anything? And the answer is that the cloth masks are not useless, that they do provide some protection. Um, So I'll just clarify a little bit. The cloth masks that you are wearing out and about are your personal commitment to helping your neighbor. You are protecting your community. That is what they are useful for. You will not, you are not protecting yourself quite so much. It might provide a little protection to you, but you are really protecting your community. So when, um, this sounds a little bit harsh, but when I go out in public and into a public place, and there have been very few of those, but though I'm seeing, at least here in the Twin Cities, I'm seeing, I don't know, two or three of every 50 people are not wearing masks. Those two or three, maybe they just didn't have it with them. Maybe they just didn't really realize. Maybe they just feel invincible. But it isn't about them. Those two or three are doing their part to spread the virus. You are spreading it by not wearing a mask, simply by talking, the odd cough, clearing your throat, a sneeze. If you don't have a mask on, you are, do, you are spreading this virus and you are making it last longer. 
So if you want, if we want to get our communities back, if we want our economic activity to go on, wearing a mask is your part to do that. It's not to protect yourself. It's to protect others. And the cloth masks are effective at doing that. This kind of this text kind of goes along with uh, your comment, Doctor. And here, let me just read it. Uh, texter says, "I'm afraid of going to apartment appointments in a hospital and the other specialists can't. The virus linger in elevators and hallways for the hospital. Uh, is someone who may have a virus keeping it contained if everyone wears masks?" Kind of goes along. Yes, um, um, the surfaces are interesting, but I don't. It's no more dangerous, I think to come to our clinic elevator than it is to the going to your grocery store. And so it's interesting. Healthcare workers are getting this a lot, but most of them are getting it not at their healthcare work place of employment. They're getting it in the community and then they're spreading it out um, to others. And so, uh, yes, it is possible to pick it up off of surfaces. I do know, excuse me. I do know that, um, our, our environmental services, people are cleaning our place a lot, just as should every restaurant and business that's contemplating reopening should be doing the same thing. And so I think that it is time to start considering going back to your clinics and to getting those elective and semi-urgent things done And because you can't put those off forever. Do wear a mask. Don't come with a lot of people. If you can go to your clinic visit alone, that would be the best, or have someone wait in the car, or perhaps just one person go in with you. Um, And just simply wash your hands as often as you have the opportunity. Soap and water is the most effective way to wash your hands. So you don't need to have alcohol gel. It works if that's what you have available, but soap and water is adequate. So, so yes, it is. It's smart to be concerned about the surfaces in the hospital clinics, and you should take precautions, but you should take the equal precautions out in your community at stores and the like. All right, let's uh, get back to the phones, Dr. Bruce in the St. Paul has been waiting there to ask you a question. Go ahead, Bruce, thank you. Morning, guys, I enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, I wanted a couple questions. Uh, Jan Malcolm said that um, our cases are going up because of the nursing homes. Um, and also the governor's opening up uh, the economy slow. My question is, is that how is it getting spreaded into the nursing homes when we're all practi- practicing the safety distance, um, you know, and doing what we need to do out here? And how are we going to be able to go forward? And I know the cases will be more, and I'll hang up. Thank you. Hey, Bruce, those are terrific questions, and thank you for listening to the show. Um, the main reason that our cases as a state are going up, well, there's two. One, because there's cases and that are much more common than we previously thought. But secondly, we're testing a great deal more. Yesterday in the state of Minnesota, we had more than 8,000 tests done, which was, I believe, a daily record. And so there are more cases simply because we're looking at more people. That's a good thing. The more we can test, the more we know how common this is. The number that you should be really looking at if you're sort of a numbers person and following this stuff is how many cases are positive of those that we're testing. So if we're testing and half of them are coming out positive, we're not testing enough people because and if we're and if only one percent are coming out positive, that means we're testing a great deal of people and not many are positive. The magic number is sort of 10 percent. 
If 10% of your tests are positive or less, that means you're probably doing an adequate number of testing, or at least you're getting there. In Minnesota, we're hovering right at 10 to 11%. The country of New Zealand, their number of positive tests is minuscule, meaning they've tested so many people that they know the prevalence in the community, and therefore the country of New Zealand just nailed this correctly, and now they can open up. We are not quite there yet. Um, and so that's why the, t- the cases are going up, is the testing situation. As for nursing homes, yes, that's where most deaths are occurring. And our, our people in nursing homes are doing their best. But keep in mind, people come and go from those nursing homes. The staff have to go and work. And if one person spreads this to another person, what about, well, that staff person had to go to the grocery store. And that staff person had to be out in the community. And if what if that staff person goes to a restaurant um, that person could then bring it back to the nursing home. So the closing down of our communities is for the good of all, because it, even though the people who are living in the nursing facilities aren't going out and about, the staff has to be. And, is, and it's almost impossible to not bring it back if the staff is out in the community. That's why uh, um, stay-at-home orders work. Um, I know we can't do them forever, but they do work to protect our fellow Minnesotans. All right. Uh, let's uh, grab another phone call before we take a quick break. Dwight, I believe, is calling from uh, Eden Prairie. Dwight, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. My wife and I are senior citizens. We have a cabin in northern Minnesota. And for a week in July, our children and grandchildren always love to come and swim, relax, and go boating what precautions do we need to take as a family so we can still do this and protect ourselves? Great question, Dwight. Um, uh, the one place we could probably be safe is in our own community, our own homes and our own cabins. You can do that relatively safely. The key is all in the numbers. The more new people you bring into what I kind of call your bubble, um, that is that raises the risk. So if it's just you and your wife, your bubble is a bubble of two people, you're relatively safe. If you bring in a third person, that adds some risk. And if you bring in 10 people, that adds a great deal more risk because you are being exposed to everybody they were being exposed to. So that's why the numbers, why the governor's order even says 10 people is sort of what we're after. That's just a kind of an arbitrary number. But um, the more people that you're in contact with, the more risk it is. So what you can do at home is I would just, um, I would, first of all, avoid really close contact with those who are not in your immediate living situation here. Your family that's visiting you, grandkids and the like, they can swim, they can be together and they can play. But when they're with you, I think I would recommend avoiding a lot of close contact. I would stay apart in your home if you can. I don't mean you have to be paranoid. You can, but, but I wouldn't do a lot of hugging and kissing and like, in fact, I wouldn't do any of that. I would clean surfaces with um, wipes, sanitizing wipes, refrigerator doors, door handles, microwave oven doors, the TV remote. I would do all of that as well. So um, do that several times a day. Clean surfaces. Make sure everybody washes their hands and keep some distance even within your home if you can. I think those are the most common sense things you can do, and you can do this relatively safely then. If anyone is sick, they need to be away from all of you. That's a key point, especially for you. You're an older adult, and you would be the one that's at the highest risk. 
All right, I know we have to break here in a minute or so, but a texter sent this in. Uh, Some places, they write, are taking the temperature of people before they can come to work or into the store. Question is, is a fever always a symptom of COVID-19? It's not always a symptom, but it usually is. The fever thing is a kind of a mixed blessing. You can have this thing without a fever. Um, and, and so uh, the temperature screenings are a bit controversial. They add one more piece of information, but they're not the only thing because you can easily have this thing without a fever. You can, in fact, a lot of people don't have any symptoms at all. But for those who do have it, most do eventually get some type of fever. So it is just one more piece of information, but you can't use your temperature as the sole measurement of whether or not you have this. All right, very good. Let's take this break, Dr. Hilden, and then when we come back, we'll pick up on more phone calls and text messages. If you do have one or the other, same number applies, 651-989-9226 for both phone calls and your text questions, 651-989-9226. 49 degrees is our Twin City temperature reading. The rain continues throughout most of the day and uh, this evening, maybe ending before midnight tonight. Right now, again on CCO, 49 Hey, good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. This is an open line show today. You drive the show, as they say, with the phone calls and text messages. And I know before we get back to those, Dr. Hilden, you want to mention something. Yeah, I just want to tell people where you can get tested at Hennepin. Um, People ask that a lot. And so there's a lot of testing all over the state of Minnesota. It is. We are following the state of Minnesota Department of uh, Health guidelines for testing. So it's for people with symptoms, but there's a lot of you out there who are wondering where to get testing. So if you are having any of the symptoms, cough, fever, shortness of breath, um, sore throat, headaches, if you have any symptoms, you can get tested, even loss of smell. <laughs> we have four locations in downtown Minneapolis, south Minneapolis at our Whittier Clinic, Richfield and Brooklyn Park. Prior to getting testing, we're asking people to call. So here's the number to call if you are interested in a test at any of our four testing clinics. It's 612-873-MY-MD. That's 612-873-6963. We can have walk-up visits at our downtown clinics and all over the metro area. So if you want to test because you are having some symptoms, please do give us a call. 612-873-MY-MD. 612-873-6963. We're good. Let's see if we can't fit in some calls and text messages before you leave us today, Doctor. Barbara, I believe, is calling from Owatonna, Minnesota this morning. Barbara, thank you. What is your question? I, we live in an independent living situation where there are 45 units in the building, and we're all getting kind of stir-crazy, and um, we don't go into each, each other's apartments at all. Maybe a few do, but we gather down in the uh, parking lot with our lawn chairs and we're about six feet apart is that acceptable and do we have to wear masks if we do that hey barbara that's a absolutely barbara that's a pretty good idea what you're doing to find some way to gather you have to find some way to make human connections my suggestion is that um a it's okay i think to gather on the parking lot b make sure you stay six feet apart and I bet you're doing that. As for the masks, if you are um, at all in a vulnerable situation, meaning you're an older adult or you have diabetes or cancer or heart disease or lung disease, 
I would probably wear a mask. If you are way far apart from each other, you probably don't need to. If you're 10, 20 feet away, first of all, you're probably shouting across the place, <laughs> but um, then you probably don't need to. But it would just be prudent, and a little extra step to wear the mask. Um, I would recommend it. But all right, very good. I would, I would continue doing what you're doing, though. I think it's a great idea to gather out there. That's a good idea. I know we have a bunch of text messages as well, Dr. Hilden. Here's one that uh, I think it may apply to a lot of folks. Being home alone, Texter says, how do I take care of myself if I get the virus? Yeah, you should do sort of the, the, the usual things you would do if you've got other kind of um, uh, illnesses. You should rest, get your sleep, get plenty of fluids. If you're feeling uncomfortable with your fever, you could take a Tylenol um, to bring that down. But if you're having a fever that's high enough to to um, make you that, that uncomfortable, I do recommend you call and get tested. That would be a, a good time to do that. For younger people, uh, just stay home and rest and for sure stay away from other people. Um, it, it does lead to a fever situation and that can lead to dehydration. So plenty of fluids and good nutrition as best you can. And it usually goes away. There is good news about this thing. Good news is maybe the wrong word, but there is hope. The vast majority of people recover from this thing. Some have just a little mild illness, and you just need to rest and take it easy for a few days. Others, the illness is a little bit worse, but they still don't have to go into the hospital. They'll get better over a week or two, and it's a smaller number of people that are going to the hospital. So just take care of yourself in sort of those common sense kind of things, ways you would do. You don't have to do anything further. But if you are having shortness of breath or a fever, I do recommend you go get, go get tested for it. That would be helpful. There's another one that came in, doctor. It says, uh, I'm in my 70s with no underlying conditions. Can a senior citizen get a mild case of COVID, or is it always a severe case when you are older? That's another good question. Yes, you can get a mild case. In fact, most still do. That it, um, the, the, those who are having the worst go of it are indeed older or have other underlying health conditions. Or especially if you're an older adult with underlying health conditions. But that doesn't mean all older adults are succumbing to this. In fact, just like in younger adults, many senior citizens are getting this and getting better. We discharge most people from the hospital back to their homes in good condition, even older adults. So there, it's not all doom and gloom. It is a scary thing, and and especially for older adults, it really is. But it's not a um, how can I? Put, I don't. I won't put it mildly. It's not a death sentence for everybody. It does lead to plenty of hard things, and many people, unfortunately, are are succumbing to this. That's a true thing, and every one of them is an important life of somebody's family member. But the re- it is also true that most people who get this will get better, including older adults. Very good. I know we have less than a minute to go. Maybe you could repeat that number for testing as you did a few minutes back before we leave today. Absolutely. If you are experiencing any symptoms that you're concerned with, we have four locations in downtown Minneapolis, south Minneapolis at 28th and Nicollet, Richfield at 66th and Lindale, and up in Brooklyn Park on Zane. That number is 612-873-6963. Might help you to remember it as six one two eight seven three my MD. And you're back into the hospital at work uh, this week, I presume. 
I certainly am, and and I'm hopeful that next week we can get our elected official, Dr. Klein, on, so you, people are going to want to listen for that to hear what it's like to be a doctor and a senator. And a senator. Very good. Well, have a good week. Stay safe, and we'll talk with uh, Dr. Hilden again next week with another edition of Healthy Matters. Here in the Twin Cities, light rain, fog, will end with rain all day today. Right now in the Twin Cities, 49.